get right into the teaching of the Bible. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your wonderful, wonderful mercy. We thank you for the greatest gift of all, you sending Jesus to die for us so that, and to be raised from the dead so that we can know eternal life as we repent of our sins and place our faith and our trust in him. We're just so grateful for that. We could never thank you enough for it. We could never thank you enough for your holy written word that will go forth. It will go out now as we teach it and proclaim it and people will be encouraged and helped by it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. Hey, before you're seated, this is a friendly family church. Greet a couple of people and then you can sit down. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank you. All right. Well, you're welcome. God God bless you. Amen. Okay. All right. Let's open to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. How many of you have ever been to Sunday school and you heard of David and Goliath? Anybody besides me? Now, who, who was the giant, David or Goliath? All right. Well, you're doing good so far. And uh, what, what we're going to talk about today, 1 Samuel chapter 17, is how to kill the giant. How to kill the giant. I like to teach this message from time to time because eventually a giant is going to come your way. Eventually. If you, you, know, you live long enough, a giant is going to come your way. It may be a financial giant, it may be a physical giant, you know, uh, cancer, huh? something life-threatening. Some sort of giant eventually will come staring you in the face, defying you, threatening you, and one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to kill the giant or the giant's going to kill you. Now, now did, did you hear me? So this is a life and death message here this morning because when that giant shows up, you're either going to kill it or it's going to kill you. And what I want to share with you today are ten things you need to know and do in order to kill the giant when he... I didn't say if he shows up, I said when he shows up. Now, here in 1 Samuel 17, you need to realize that the Philistines who were an enemy of God's people. They're a type of the devil in Scripture. They had set themselves against the army of Israel, God's people. They'd set themselves against God's people. And notice in verse 4, notice verse 4, the Philistines had set themselves against God's army. And notice verse 4, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named, what was his name? Goliath. There's a giant. And where was he from? Now, you need to remember that because at the end of the message today, that's going to be important. Where was he from? He was from Gath, whose height was more than nine feet tall. 
That's, that's pretty big. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. That's heavy. And he had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. This is a bad looking dude. Verse 10. And the Philistines said, this giant said to God's people, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now he's taunting God's army, isn't he? Now, verse 11, when Saul, remember King Saul, and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly what? They were greatly afraid. Now, the first thing you need to know, how many things are there here today? Ten. The first thing is, when the giant shows up, don't ignore the giant. Don't ignore him. Now, did you hear me? A lot of people think if we'll just ignore the giant, it'll go away. He won't go away. Did you hear me? He won't go away. Don't ignore him. Don't ignore him. You don't ignore the giant. You deal with the giant. Do you hear me? You don't ignore the giant. You deal with the giant. We're going to teach you here today how to deal with the giant, how to kill the giant. First thing, don't ignore the giant. And the second thing is, don't be afraid of the giant. Don't be afraid of the giant. Now, I want to say this to you, and I want you to get this. I don't believe it's sinful to feel fear. Just don't react based on that fear. Now, I said a mouthful right there. How many has ever felt afraid besides me? I don't think it's sinful to feel fear. I think we're humans. You know, when the giant rears his ugly head and starts defying us, I think it's just human to feel fear. You haven't sinned when you feel fear. Just don't react to the giant based on your fear. Don't react based on your fear. Now eventually, so you have the giant out there and he's coming against and screaming at, yelling at, defying the people of God, the army of God. Now eventually David comes on the scene from his father's house. David shows up. Look at verse 23. Look at verse 23. David shows up. And notice in verse 23, then as he, as he, David, talked with them, he was talking with his brothers, there, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, named Goliath, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So now David's there, and, and the giant, he's still defying the army of, of God. And David heard, heard what he was saying. Verse 24, And all the men of Israel... When they saw the man, when they saw Goliath, what did they do? They fled from him and were what? Dreadfully afraid. See, so now they're reacting based on their fear. Verse 25, so the men of Israel said, now notice what they said to to David. Have you seen this man? Have you seen this giant who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy us. The third thing that you need to know to kill the giant 
is when he shows up, don't magnify him. Don't magnify the giant. Did you see that's what they were doing here? They were magnifying the problem. Have you seen this giant? Have you seen this man? Man, he is big. He's bad. He's a bad dude. Boy, he's just going to eat our lunch. What were they doing? They were magnifying the problem. Don't magnify the giant. See, what they were doing is they were measuring the giant against themselves. Don't ever measure the giant against yourself. Measure the giant against God. You see, if you measure the giant against yourself, he's going to be real big and bad. But if you start measuring him against God, now all of a sudden when you measure the giant against God, the giant don't look so big and bad. How many of you know God is bigger and, and, and more powerful than the giant? Is that right? So, so measure the giant not against yourself. Measure the giant against God. And when you measure the giant against God, you'll see the giant is not as big and bad as he's trying to make you believe that he is. I've said this for years. A lot of people have this mentality, big devil and little God. But you read the Bible, you'll find out it's little devil and big God. God. We serve a big God. Can you say amen? amen? So don't magnify the giant. Measure the giant against God. And now verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? See, what does David have on his mind? I'm going to bring this thing down. What's going to be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I would underline that word uncircumcised. He says, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, the fourth thing you need to know to kill the giant is you must know your enemy and you must know your covenant with God. You must know your enemy and you must know your covenant with God. You see, when David said concerning Goliath, he is an uncircumcised Philistine, that word uncircumcised meant that David understood that Goliath did not have a covenant with God. And I tell you what, when your enemy doesn't have a covenant with God and you do have a covenant with God, now you're just, you're going to win. But if you don't know that, now you're at a disadvantage. But you need to realize that when he said uncircumcised Philistine, what David was, was telling us is that he understood the enemy. He understood the enemy. The Bible says that if we do not, now, now how many of you know we don't run with the devil, we run with God, is that right? But also the Bible says that if we do not understand some things about our enemy, that we'll be at a disadvantage. You understand that? If we don't understand some things about the devil, we'll be at a disadvantage. You have to understand some things about the giant. And David understood that he was uncircumcised. That just meant that it meant something naturally, of course. But what it meant spiritually is that he had no covenant with God. And David did have a covenant with God. You see, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. So we need to understand some things about the enemy, and we need to also understand our covenant with God. Where do we find our covenant with God? It's called the B-I-B-L-E. 
You need to read it, know it, understand it. Or the devil will take advantage of you. Alright, now look at verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, he was the king, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. So you see David's telling Saul here, hey, don't, 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 let, don't have a heart attack here because of that giant. He doesn't have a covenant with God. We do. You see? And you see David's not reacting based on any fear. He knows he has a covenant with God. Then he says, your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. How many of you know age has nothing to do with it. I tell you what, it excites me when I see some of these teenagers take the word of God and resist the devil and you watch the devil flee from them. Amen? You can resist the devil when you're 80. You can resist the devil when you're 18, 14, 13, 7. Amen? And so anyway, but you see, Saul says... You're but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. Verse 34. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed... Now watch this, verse 36. Your servant, David, talking about himself, has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. I like the way David's talking here. How about you? Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord... Now watch this. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of... Of this Philistine. Glory to God. I, I like that kind of talk. How about, how about you? He's got confidence in the Lord. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. The fifth thing you need to realize and remember is this. Practice the covenant on the smaller problems before the giant shows up. Now I said a mouthful there. But I'll say it again. Practice your covenant on the smaller problems before the giant shows up. You see, David had a covenant with God, but he was already he'd already killed what? A lion and a what? He'd already killed a lion and a what? A bear. Now you see, since he's got some practice under his belt, doesn't he? He's killed a lion. He's killed a bear. Now he's going to face the giant. But he's had victory with the lion. He's had victory over the bear. He'll have victory over the giant as well. But I tell you what, it, it, it's, it's a dangerous thing to be facing the giant when you've never had victory over the lion or the bear. Start believing God. Start believing God against the headache that comes. Don't wait until cancer comes knocking on your door to, start to open your Bible. Can, can you say amen? amen. You know, I, I'll say this. Uh, you, know, you know, like let, let, some people say, well, I'm, I'm not going to have health insurance. I'm just going to believe God. Wouldn't, you know, wouldn't it make a lot more sense to believe God for a, a few hundred dollars a month and get some health insurance than to wait until something goes wrong and now all of a sudden you've had a hospital bill of about half a million dollars? 
Wouldn't it be a lot easier to start practicing, believing God for a few hundred dollars a month than to wait until you're staring at a half a million dollars? Did you get what I just said? You know? So let's be practicing the Word of God, our covenant, on the smaller issues, on the lion and on the bear. Let, let's don't wait until the giant shows up. It, it, it's kind of like... Uh, Remember that commercial from years ago when, when, when that guy was at the beach? Remember? He was at the beach with, with his girlfriend and, this big, and he was a skinny guy and his big muscle guy showed up. Y- y'all remember that? And, and the muscle guy was, you know, he kicked sand in the, in the skinny guy's face. Remember that? And he took the girl. And then the skinny guy went to the gym and began working out. Well, it's too late. It's too late. The muscle guy's already kicked sand in your face and took the girl. Too late to go to the gym. When should that skinny guy, when should he, you know what I'm talking about, frail guy? When should he have went to the gym? He should have went to the gym long time ago before the bully showed up. Is that right? Yet I've seen this again and again with Christians. They'll wait until the giant is, is, is huffing and puffing at the door and then they'll go get in the Word of God. You're going to be at a disadvantage if you wait till then. Get in the Word of God now. Begin to practice the, the Word of God on some smaller things and you'll build some confidence. You'll get some confidence built up in you. And then when the giant comes knocking on the door, you'll be practiced up and ready for him. Can you say amen? amen. Now look at verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor. Notice Saul put his armor, the armor that belonged to Saul, he put it, on David. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk, for he had not he tried to for he had not what? He had not tested them, and David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Number six. Now, how many numbers are we, do we have today? Ten. Ten. Here's number six. You cannot kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the Word of God. I have seen so many Christians over the years get defeated right here on this point. Because when the giant starts knocking on the door, on their door, they're going to they're gonna start to deal with the giant based on how they saw Pastor Terry deal with the giant in his life. Or how they, saw some, how, how they saw Billy Graham deal with the giant in his life. Or how they saw Joyce Meyer deal with the giant in her life. Well, thank God for Billy Graham, Joyce Meyer, even for myself. But if, if, if you're trying to deal with the giant just based on, on somebody else's revelation of the Word of God, you're going to be at a disadvantage. You know, he said, I've not tested them. Over the years, I've at different times uh, gone and done some... Uh, target practicing, you know, at a, at a firing range. Has anybody ever done that besides me? And, and one thing I've learned is you want to be sure you know how that gun works. Did you hear what I just said? And, 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 and it, you know, if the giant's knocking at the door, you don't want to be grabbing somebody else's gun, so to speak, and pick it up. First of all, is it loaded? Is there a safety? Are there, uh, you know... How many safeties are there? Huh? How, how, is it loaded? How many bullets is in it? Is it a single action? Is it a double action? Is it a revolver? Is it a pistol? I mean, you know, is there something jammed in the barrel? You need to know how that gun works. You, you understand? 
And, and on, the dry, on the firing range thing, I'll just throw this in. You know, it's one thing to stand there at the firing range and shoot at a target, but what are you going to do when somebody's moving shooting back? I'm just telling you, I mean, I'm using that as an example. Did you hear what I'm saying? I mean, when the, when, when the giant starts knocking on the door, that's not the time to figure out, is there bullets in the gun? Hey, can I borrow your gun? I mean, you don't know how his gun works. You, gotta have, you know what I'm saying? I'm using a gun here as an example. Pastor Terry, I hear that such and such came against you. How did you deal with the devil when he came against you? Well, I can tell you how I dealt with the devil when he came against me, but you've got to know how the Word of God's going to work for you. Did you hear what I just said? You know, you know, you have you have to understand some things. You have he talks about the armor here. Uh, Saul put his armor on David. You have to understand some things about the armor of God. Have you all ever studied about the armor of God? I've taught you about the armor of God. That having your your what is it? The helmet of what? Salvation. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your loins girt with what? The belt of truth. You've got the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God, you got the shield of faith. Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna be able to stand against the giant, you've got to understand some things about faith. You got to what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Is that right? You got to know the difference between believing in your head and believing in your heart. You got to be sure when the devil starts knocking on your door, if you're believing in your head, you're at a disadvantage. You got to have faith in in your heart. Can you say Amen? You have to understand how faith comes. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Say by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Is that right? You've got to hear the Word of God. You've got to stay under the Word of God regularly. Can you say amen? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to understand that faith can be strong at one moment, weak at another. Have you ever seen uh, uh, the story, read the story where Peter walked on the water? Was he, was, was Peter in faith when he walked on the water? I'd have to say so. Have you ever walked on the water? I never have. But was Peter in faith? Yeah, was he, was he, was he in faith when he's walking on the water? And just that quick, he's what? He's sinking. Can you be in strong faith one moment, weak the next? Yeah. The Bible, Jesus talked about people who had strong faith and people who had weak faith, people who had no faith at all. Remember, remember that centurion? How many remembers this centurion? And, and he, his servant was sick and he came to Jesus and said, My servant's sick. Jesus said, I'll come heal him. How many remembers that? And, and, the, and the centurion said, No, just speak a word. And Jesus said, I, I've not found so great faith, not in all Israel. Why did that man have, have great faith? Because all he needed was the word of God. He didn't need any physical he didn't need to see it, hear it, smell it, taste it, or touch it. He had the Word of God, and that was enough for him. I'm talking about the shield of faith. You need to know some things about faith. Faith comes by what? By hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Is that right? Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. You need to know some things about faith. You need to know that faith and believing is the same thing. You need to know that. What's the opposite of faith? It's doubt. Is that right? So when you hear the Word of God and you believe it, you're in faith. Is that right? When you hear the Word of God and believe it, you're in faith. Is that correct? How many of you know you can be in faith? You need to know this. You can be in faith and it not do you any good. Oh, yeah. How many of you know you can have faith and go to hell? Did you know that? See, some people don't know that. Faith has to be released with what? Words and or actions. The Bible says that, that, that we're saved 
Romans 10.9 talks about that we have to believe on Jesus in our heart and confess Him with our mouths. So if you, you can be believing in your heart, be in faith, but if you won't release your faith by confessing Jesus, you can die and go to hell. Is that right? Doesn't the book of John talk about people that heard of Jesus and they believed on Him, but they would not confess Him because they were afraid they'd be put out of the synagogue because they, 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 they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God? How many of you remember that? So how many of you know you can be in faith and go to hell? Is that right? you got to release your faith by confessing Jesus. Is that right? How many of you know you can have faith to be healed and still stay sick? Did you know that? How many of you you read the book of Acts? Haven't you read? How many has read the book of Acts? Paul preached. That guy was lame. Remember that? And, and he heard Paul speaking. And, and the Bible says Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. Remember that? And the guy had faith to be healed and he's still just as crippled as he ever was. Is that right? Now, is that correct? And Paul said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet and walk. How many remembers that? And the guy, why did Paul say it with a loud voice? Because the man had faith, but that faith had to be realized. Say released. Release. It had to be released. And Paul said, stand up on your feet. And the guy leaped and he walked. Is that right? Amen. What am I talking about? Just the shield of faith. Amen. There was a woman who had an issue of blood for how many years? Twelve years. Had suffered many things of many physicians. Had spent all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. How many remembers that? When she heard, say heard. heard. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she, what? She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be healed. Is that right? So did she hear of Jesus? How does faith come? It comes by hearing. So she heard of Jesus. Is that right? She heard of Jesus. Right? Did she believe? Clearly. But then she also released her faith with her what? With her mouth and with her actions. And she touched him and then what happened? You see faith, she made contact, didn't she? She touched it, faith went out, the power of God, faith drew the power of God. The power of God went out of him, threw his garment into her and healed her immediately. Amen. And then he said, daughter, your what? Your faith has made you well. See, if you're going to deal with the giant, you're going to have to understand. I'm just talking about one of, the, one of the parts of the armor of God here. Just faith. Now, we could talk about the helmet of salvation. We could talk about the sword of the Spirit. You, you know, I could go on. You, you got to get, you see, you see how that's in me? You see how that's in me? You see how that, you see how that just rolled out of me? You've got, I see my guns loaded. Do you see what I'm saying? Did you see what I, you know what I mean by that? I'm, I, I've got it on the inside. The word of, you know how the Word of God becomes the sword of the Spirit? It doesn't... See, this right here is the Bible, but it's not the sword of the Spirit in the form that it's in right now. This Bible has to get where? In your spirit, and then it becomes the sword of the Spirit when you what? When you declare it out of your mouth. Would you say my gun's loaded as it, as it, as it pertains to faith? See, so get your gun loaded. So when the devil shows up, you don't have to go looking for Saul's armor, Pastor Terry's armor, or anybody else. You get God's armor. Get that armor of God on you. Get your gun loaded. So can you say amen? amen? All right. Praise God. So you can't kill the giant based on someone else's revelation. You get any, you getting anything out of this? Now look at verse 40. Then he, David, took the staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near the Philistine. So you don't need Saul's armor, do you? He's going to take a slingshot, is that right? How many of you, how many of you you'd agree with me? You'd be better off with a slingshot knowing how to work it than a gun you don't know how to work it. 
How many's ever watched the Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> you know, Ellie Mae, she was pretty good with that slingshot, wasn't she? I wouldn't want her after me with the slingshot, you know? But how many of you know you'd be better off with a slingshot that you knew how to work than with a gun that you didn't know how to work? Is that right? And so David, he, he had the slingshot, you see. And notice in verse 41, Then the Philistine came, that's the giant, came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he, 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 what? he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the enemy is starting to underestimate David. Is that right? So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? If I'd have been there, I'd have said yes. Am I a dog that you, and essentially David already said that, but anyway, am, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, by the Philistines' gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Glory to God. See, the giant just had the natural realm working for him. David has the name of the Lord. But did you ever notice that David, we'll see here as he takes the giant down, he takes him down with the slingshot, doesn't he? David had the name of the Lord, but he also had a slingshot, didn't he? See, the giant, he just has natural stuff. He doesn't have God backing him up. He doesn't have a covenant with God. But David has has the name of the Lord and he has a slingshot. What's the significance of that? David has the spiritual realm working for him. The name of the Lord, and he also has the, something in the natural realm. It's kind of like going to a doctor. I believe in good hospitals, good doctors, and good medicines. I believe they're given to us by God, and I believe we ought to take advantage of them. Can you say amen? amen. I have said this before, and I'll say it again. You ought to have more faith in God and His Word than you do in the doctors. Yeah, right. Is there anything wrong with using the doctors? Absolutely not. And I tell people again and again, between what, between what God does and between what the doctors do, you're going to come out of this situation and be fine, you see. Amen? So number seven, how many of them are there again? Use the name of Jesus on the giant. How many of you know the name of Jesus is the greatest name of all? It's the name above every name, is that right? Use the name of Jesus on the giant. You see, David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. So use the name of Jesus on the giant. The giant is afraid of Jesus. Now look at verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you. Now David's talking to the, to the giant here. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I'll give the carcass, I'll give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Glory to God. Here's number eight. Here's number eight. You start talking to the giant. He's been talking to you. You start talking to him. 
He's been telling you how he's going to kill you. You take the word of God and tell him what you're going to do to him with the word of God. You tell him what Jesus has already done to, to him years ago through his death, burial, and resurrection. Start quoting the word of God to the giant. Can you say amen? amen. Tell the giant what you're going to do to him by the power of God. As I've said, he's been talking to you, telling you what, what, what he's going to do to you. You start quoting the word to him and tell, tell him what you're going to do to him with the word of God. You know one thing I found that works with the devil when he comes around to harass me? I get the word of God out and I go over to the book of Revelation where it says he's going to be locked in the bottomless pit for a thousand years and then only he'll be released for a little season and after that he goes into the lake of fire for eternity. You start quoting that to him and that will discourage him and cause him to leave you alone. Can you say amen? So what was number eight? You tell the giant what you're going to do to him. Start quoting the word of God to him. Then verse 48. So it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Here's number nine. Face the giant down. I like what one minister said years ago, when the lion starts roaring, run toward the roar. The Bible says that Satan goes about as a lion, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may what? May devour. But we need to realize that Jesus already pulled his teeth. Is that right? So all he is is a lot of roar. Did you hear me? So when the lion starts roaring, don't run and hide under the bed. Stand up in the power of God, in the armory of God, with the word of God, and run toward the roar, run toward the giant. In the name of the Lord, can you say amen? Verse 49, Then David put his hand into his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Glory to God. Now, he did that with just one stone. One stone. How many stones were there? Five. I, now, this preaches real good. J-E-S-U-S. Now, I don't know if you can do that in Hebrew, but you can do it in English. Amen? Glory to God. And there's enough power in the J of... How many stones did he... One. There's, there's enough power in, in, in the J of Jesus to knock the devil down. Amen? Glory to God. That excites me. I don't know about you, but that excites me. And so, I believe the power of God just, just sped that rock up. Glory to God. And I believe it just hit that giant right in the head, just boom, and just knocked it, knocked him right down. But you need to realize something else. Look at verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. But it wasn't just a sling and a stone. We know he had the name of the Lord. He had a covenant with God. Is that right? And struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Now I want you to get this. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine took his, what did he take, his what? His sword, drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. See, as I studied the story, that, that stone hit the giant in the head and rendered him, knocked, probably knocked him unconscious. But probably not all the way dead. And you know what? If you don't kill him and finish him off, he's liable to get back 
up. So what did David do? He took the sword and he cut off his head. Is that right? And now we know he's dead. We know the giant's not going to get back up. Did you hear me? I said we know he's not going to get back up. Now what's the significance of this? Number 10. Finish the job with the word of God. Finish the job with the word of God. You take, you know, he took the, he took, he took the stone and he knocked the giant down. He came at him in the name of the Lord and knocked him down. But then he took the sword and cut off his head. Now, I like to say this. What did we say a while ago? The sword of the Spirit is the what? Is the Word of God. Now, listen carefully. Because it's not enough just to knock the giant down. You've got to finish the job with the sword. Finish the job with the Word of God. I've watched people already that the giant came knocking on their door. And, 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 and they took the word of God and they knocked the giant down. But they, once the giant got knocked down, they didn't stay in the word of God. They didn't stay in the word of God. I said they didn't stay in the word of God. In the process of time, the giant gets back up on his feet and comes at him again. And I need to tell you this. If you don't finish the giant off and you let him get back up and he comes at you again, more than likely the next time he's going to finish you off. I'll tell you a personal experience that I had with a fellow that used to attend this church some years ago. And one day he called me on the phone and he said, Pastor, I've been diagnosed with cancer. Well, there's a giant. And so we worked with him and got in the word of God and worked with him and and, and prayed for him and rebuked that cancer. And next thing you know, the doctor gives him a clean bill of health. Totally healed of cancer. We knocked the giant down. Praise God. But then as time came and went, I noticed that I didn't see him coming to church anymore. I didn't see him coming to church anymore. And, and then I come to find out he wasn't in the Word of God anymore. And he didn't stay in the Word of God. And he wasn't, wasn't just got, got out of the Word of God. And guess what? In the process of time, the giant got back up. Several years later, the giant got back up. Came at him again. And I preached his funeral just not too long ago. See, it makes it more real when I give you an actual story, doesn't it? So when the giant comes knocking on your door, should, is that the time you need to start getting in your covenant? Or should you be in the covenant, the word of God, before the giant shows up practicing on the lion and the bear? Before, before the giant comes, right? When the giant comes, then what do you do? You, you, you come at him in the name of the Lord and whatever natural stuff you have to use, and you knock him down. Is that right? But then what do you do? You stay where? Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the house of God. Can you say amen? Finish the giant off with the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Boy, I can't say that enough. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Why does God heal you? Why does He heal you? So you can do your own thing or so that you can do the work of God? So you can do the work of God. God's not, God, God's not interested in healing you so that you can, can get up on Sunday mornings and do your own thing. God's going to heal you so you can get up on Sunday mornings and come to church and do the work of God. Is that right? You look at the people that got healed in Jesus' ministry, 
you see again and again where they followed him. Remember the maniac of Gadara? He got set free of those demons and then what? He, he went off and did the work of God, didn't he? Bartimaeus got, got healed of blindness and then he followed Jesus in the way. Is that correct? And again, Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out. We see her following Jesus all the way to the end of his ministry. Is that right? So when we get set free, we're not set free to go do our own thing. We're set free to serve God. So verse 51, we'll close as we go right here. We're about to close. Then when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Say amen. Amen. See, when the giant falls, the rest of the devil's cohorts will run in terror. Verse 52. Now the men of Israel and Judah rose and shouted. See, once David defeated the giant... Then the army of God, now they're shouting and, and having a great time. Did you know that your victory over the giant will, will, will inspire others? And they pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell uh, along the road to Sherem. Even as far as where? As far as where? Yeah. Gath. Where was Goliath from? Yeah. As far as Gath and Ekron, then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. But notice, as far as Gath, you see word will get back. See, word got back to Gath that their greatest champion, David defeated their greatest champion. So guess what? I don't think Gath is going to send any more giants David's way. Can you discourage the devil? Can you discourage the devil from sending giants your way? Yeah, just defeat, just defeat the biggest and the baddest one, and then it'll discourage the devil from sending others your way. See, word got back to Gath, and, and that's where they, they sent the biggest and the baddest, and David took him down at the hand of God. I don't think they're going to send any more David's way. Verse 54, and, and look at this. And David, <laughs> look at this. And David took the head of the Philistine. And brought it to Jerusalem. You got to understand, he's probably in his late teens right now when he did this, maybe early 20s. He's just a kid. He wants a souvenir. I said he wants a souvenir. I said he wants a souvenir. When you defeat the devil at the hand of God, keep something, keep something as a souvenir or a trophy. I know people that we've, we've got them healed by the power of God. They've got, they've got medical reports on their refrigerators where they had cancer. And, and now after, after God got done healing them, now they've got another report. They're healed. They keep that on their refrigerator. Amen. Keep that up in front of you. Can you say amen? amen? Can't you imagine David walking back into Jerusalem there with the head of the giant? Kind of gory, but it really happened. Stand with me if you would. Did you get anything out of this today? Praise God. What